Welcome to the Thriving Farmer Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Kilpatrick. Our mission is to inspire, educate, and celebrate sustainable farming. We believe that you can build a profitable, sustainable farm that gives you true farm freedom. Join us as we talk to farmers, innovators, educators, and entrepreneurs to glean their top takeaways in business and life. Hey, Thriving Farmers, Michael Kilpatrick here with another episode of the Thriving Farmer podcast. And today my guest is Lindsay, and Lindsay is with the Farm Generations Co-op and the Grown By app. And uh, Lindsay's background is the CEO and founder of the cooperative and is co-owner of Hardy Roots Farm in Claremont, New York. Prior to Farm Generations, Lindsay co-founded the National Young Farmers Coalition, uh, the organization executive director for 10 years. At Young Farmers, Lindsay built a network of 150,000 farmers and activists to support grassroots campaigns on the issues of land affordability, conservation, credit, student loans, and farmer training. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Michael. It's great to be here. Absolutely. Um, now, again, this is a new project for you and your background is, talk to us about like how you got into the farming space because you got into the farming space and then you started, you know, the Young Farmers and, and that was a, a whole project and an amazing aspect of itself. That's a good question. Yeah. So I originally got into farming specifically in, in Brooklyn, New York, doing community gardening. And that's where I met Ben, uh, my husband, who is really the, the farmer in our family, the full-time farmer, at least the operator at, at Hardy Roots with, along with our crew. And Ben had just come from a year farming out West at Salvi Island Organics. And he's from New York city originally and was there living in Brooklyn. And he was, he was back in the city to see if he could work maybe at a food justice organization or, you know, see if city life was, was for him. And ultimately, of course it wasn't. And he moved, moved up to the Hudson Valley. And I eventually uh, came up to the Hudson Valley as well, but my work uh, other than community gardening and uh, doing volunteer work and community development work in Brooklyn was really focused around organizing and policy and, I was working for an organization called Transportation Alternatives. They organize in New York City and New York State to support uh, cyclists and pedestrians and public transit riders, a huge grassroots base. And while I was doing this work, Ben was farming and experiencing all of these really major challenges. And both of us recognized that we didn't have that same kind of organization to support us as farmers, which is sort of the root of where Young Farmers uh -huh. Coalition came about. This primary issue for us was, was land access and uh, figuring out how young farmers could access affordable land. So anyways, I, I moved up uh, eventually to the farm and I had a flower farm for a while that worked alongside of uh, the vegetable operation and while I was doing that, I was also getting Young Farmers Coalition started with volunteers and organizers from all over the country. So Farm Generations came about while I was at Young Farmers Coalition, we saw a number of tech companies start to get into this space of serving direct to consumer farms. And 
our farm, uh, worked with some of these companies initially, and it just grew very concerning for us um, around sort of the motivations and long-term plans of those companies. What were they gonna charge us in the future? What were they doing with our data? Some of them, there was even a situation where there were, one company was doing aggregation that ended up being in competition with our direct-to-consumer uh, farm operation and some of our distribution sites and our CSA uh, sites in Brooklyn. And feeling like young farmers, all direct-to-consumer farmers, needed to have a bigger stake in the future of food distribution and future of food distribution online. So when I was at Young Farmers Coalition, we surveyed our membership to see sort of what business services we could provide the membership. And unsurprisingly, at the same time, tech came to the top uh, of the list. Even though, it, you know, last year during COVID, every farmer sort of said, oh my gosh, I need to get my products online. At that time, about five years ago now, not everybody was necessarily thinking about mm -hmm. it, but it yeah. was certainly a trend that was building. And as these companies were becoming more visible, I think that that was part of it too. Anyways, we started looking into this and thought, wow, wouldn't it be amazing if instead of venture capitalist owning the tech companies that we rely on, what if farmers owned it? What if this model that we've seen work so successfully to deliver services to farmers in dairy, in grain, in, in other uh, operations, what if we could apply that cooperative model to technology? And so actually the Young Farmers Coalition, while I was there, we got some USDA funding and we formed the co-op and we, we actually built the sort of what we call the alpha version of uh, what is now grown by. Gotcha. Okay. And so what did that alpha version include? Right. So the software, the alpha version has, was a, sort of a nugget of what it is now. So grown by what it is, is a, is a marketplace for some selling direct to consumer. It's like a, I think the easiest way to, to sort of describe it to people, uh, to give you a, a picture of it is it's like an Airbnb or an Etsy. So mm -hmm. The farmer um, puts their products online and uh, the consumer, the shopper, they download the app. And with that single app, they can uh, shop from any participating farm in the United States that uh, any farmer who has uh, added a shop to grown by. So right now, any shopper can uh, search for a CSA share, they can subscribe for a season, or they can buy a single custom order for pickup. It's all for pickup right now, all local sales. We're looking to incorporate shipping and, and home delivery in the future. Okay. All right. Gotcha. And uh, yeah, I'm actually downloading the app right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hopefully you don't have any yeah. problems. <laughs> no, it's got five, it's got five star reviews. So that's awesome. Um, all right. So let's talk through now software is not easy, you know, getting the software off the ground doing that mm. sort of stuff. How has the growth been funded so far? That's right. So the sort of the, the initial version was uh, started at Young Farmers Coalition. Then I left the coalition in 2019 and worked to fundraise to 
build out a, a working um, next version, a beta version, and then the version we have now of Grown By. And all of that was funded through private foundations and through another grant through the uh, USDA. Uh, so farmers have 100% uh, ownership, the cooperative has 100% ownership of, of this um, project, thanks to um, the generosity of, of these foundations and, and USDA. So um, into the future, it will be funded uh, by farmers. So farmers making investments as equity owners of the cooperative. And we're also um, going to be having a crowdfunding campaign coming up uh, in the next month or so to fund future uh, development and, and growth of the company. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now, one of the things I, you know, I mentioned you said that the, one of the companies that you were using actually started aggregating themselves. Mm -hmm. And the problem is that same company was venture funded, which means they were aggregating buying from local farmers, but then That's one right. day just decided to shut down everything and left so many farmers literally uh, with, you know, massive pre-orders or stuff that just then all dried up. So it was, um, yeah, I mean, it's one of those things that's, you've, uh, having people which are solely in it for, I guess you say, you know, for the money as a venture capital backed product can be very scary for the actual farmers on the ground. Well, it's all technology, you know, more or less is funded this way, right? Yeah. It's risky. And so you understand why there's expectation of uh -huh. big returns when an investor is putting so much millions of dollars on the line for a given product. Uh, and <laughs> there's, I mean, that, that is just sort of how, how this system works. But the thing is, I don't, as a cooperative, our expectation of return is that our farmers do well, right? Uh -huh. That our farmers yeah. are making money. We don't need to be a billion dollar company in 10 years. We don't need to provide a 10x return. We need to make sure that every single farmer that has joined the co-op is doing well. And the, the company, of, of course, needs to do well itself. We do need investment mm -hmm. in the cooperative to succeed ourselves. We, we can't do without that capital. But we're trying to get capital that is aligned with the interests of small farmers and community food systems. And to do that, um, we, you, you can't have that expectation that we're going to be selling to Amazon in 10 years or, or whatever yeah. it might be, right? We're building a company that we want to endure. We want to be there for our farmers and help to be that digital foundation into the future to, to help them throughout their careers as a trusted place, a, a trusted marketplace where they know that they're getting a good deal for the services that we are providing mm -hmm. and that there is fairness um, between that consumer and the farmer. That's the other thing. We're not trying to intervene with setting prices or anything like that. It, the farmer is putting up their own products, their own storefront. When you're buying on Grown By as a shopper, you know that the farmer is getting the price that they need to, to produce um, uh -huh. the food that you're buying. So do you guys charge a percentage of sales so that you can cover your cost or how does the, the that That's aspect right. work? Yeah, so it is no cost at all to, to set up a store on Grown By. You just download the app and essentially add or claim your farm. There are about 30,000 farms that are already in our database. Mm -hmm. um, and 
get started in that way, add some products, and then it's a it's a 2% charge on any sale that you make within Grown By. And then that the 2% goes to the co-op. And then we work with a processor Stripe that charges uh, right now 2.9%. And then there's also a 30 cent transaction fee. The consumer pays the 30 cent transaction fee uh, that's on them. And then um, the, the farm also pays the 2.9%. When we have actually more farmers using Grown By, we'll be able to negotiate with Stripe <laughs> to get a lower uh, uh, credit card processing fee. Yeah. Yeah. And Stripe's a great company. I mean, we use them for all our transactions and oh, uh, great. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's the, 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 the infrastructure for the back end for charging cards and stuff is just fabulous. So um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And the one thing I like about that too, is like, we're right now, one of the sales options we are using is a local marketplace online mm-hmm. um, and they obviously do delivery, but they charge 20% or no 25%. They charge 25%. Wow. Um, so yeah, that does eat into our, our, our profit margins. Obviously we on there, we just charge more to make up mm-hmm. for some of that, but, um, yeah, being something that's more of a 5%, um, and, and now let's talk about this. This does CSA boxes as well as just a general regular storefront as well. That's right. So our farm is selling all of our CSA shares through grown by this uh-huh. season. And so we have, uh, a pretty complex CSAs go, I've realized that ours is pretty complicated, but every, you know, everyone has sort of a different take on CSA. So there is a lot of flexibility in how you can set things up. So yes, you can do a CSA that's either seasonal or year round, and you can set any number of distribution sites where you'll be dropping off your products. And um, you can also do add-on shares that can go along with your CSA box. You can do different frequencies. There's, uh, for the, on the uh, payment side, you can do all upfront payments or you can do a deposit and then monthly or weekly payments that are timed with your shares. There's, there's a lot of CSA flexibility. There's also a, cu- a couple of nice things that we built in that our members, our members are so thrilled about this, I have to say. Yeah. They just can't quite believe that they have everything that they need to know about their CSA on their phone, on an app. It's it's nice. like, yeah. it's really sort of changed um, their perspective on on participating in a CSA. It's just very convenient. Um, but the one of the, a few of the nice things we have built in on the shopper side is we have something called vacation week. So if a customer can't make a CSA pickup, the farmer, it, they, they can elect to do this. They can offer vacation week so they can claim a vacation one week and then they can get credit um, on their account with Grown By. Uh, to mm-hmm. and it's specific to the farm, of course, so they can use it on a future invoice or future share or whatnot. Um, and we also have location switching. So with our CSA, our Hudson Valley CSA, and our Brooklyn CSA, it's one CSA, but we have multiple distribution sites, and they're on different days. So if a customer decides they want to pick up Saturday rather than Wednesday, they can actually go on the app and change around their schedule so they can. P- pick up on another day really easily. So that's, that's a nice sort of just convenience. Uh-huh. Like we, we have a pretty overall, our tr- CSA model is, is pretty straightforward. Uh, you know, we have different size shares and different frequencies and, and whatnot, but we do try to give a little bit of flexibility when it comes to missing a week or rescheduling that type of thing, which, which is a huge benefit. People just love that. Cause they, 
they hate when they miss, you know, one, yeah. one week of food. They feel like, oh, I've wasted, you know, I've, I've wasted money. I shouldn't be part of the CSA or whatnot. But just giving that, you know, giving a little bit means a lot. Yeah, yeah, especially as CSA is changing and now there's more aggregators for competition, which are calling some of their stuff uh, CSAs. Right, exactly. Um, yeah, you need to be able to give that flexibility. That's people starting to come to expect that. Um, so I just actually went on the app and I actually went to your farm. I basically reserved a share. And I okay. love the aspect that after you start checking out, it shows you your details, your pickups, and it shows That's you a right. calendar. That's your whole schedule in front of you. Mm-hmm. Man, that is nice. And it gives you your pickup <laughs> yep. location with the mm-hmm. address and everything, which is super easy to, um, yeah. So yeah, super nice. And um, then it goes off of phone number. So is the phone number is how you kind of set up your account? That's right. So a customer can set up through an email. They can set up through their Apple ID, their Google account or they can just use their phone number. And actually it's been surprising to me. Most of our CSA members this year have signed up just using their cell phone number. So what you do is you use that to sign in and then we send you a verification code right uh-huh. away. There's some um, another security step that we go through and then they're right in. So you never have to remember your password. Essentially, oh, nice. there, yes. there is no password and yes. it's, it's just a time saver. And actually it's considered to be much more secure than using an email password. Nice. I've so Michael, got to talk, yeah. I've got to talk to you guys about the back end of this. Yes, for, for sure. Michael, the other thing that you asked about is um, a storefront. So a yes. farm that has a beautiful storefront right now and grown by is Footprint Farm. Um, mm-hmm. Taylor yep. up in Vermont. And they, so they have a CSA that actually when they started using grown by, they had already sold their CSA shares for the season. And so they just needed to sell sort of weekly add-on items. So they have a whole storefront with different categories and essentially their members go on every week and select a custom basket of items that they pick up with their CSA share. So that's the other thing you can do. You can just offer ad hoc items for pickup at your farmer's market or alongside your, your CSA share or at any community distribution point that you choose. Mm-hmm. And I'm actually on their site right now, checking out how they've got it laid out. And uh, yeah, very nice. And it's, it's I, the one thing I love about this compared to some other options out there um, is that it's super clean. It's just got a really nice layout. We worked really hard on it, <laughs> knowing that, yeah. but you know, both from the farmer side and from the consumer side, I have been the recipient of so many questions from our CSA members over the years. How do I do this? How do I do that? This is, I just don't understand how this works. So yeah. we, and we're going to continue to improve it. There's another um, update that's coming in the next um, couple of months that we're really excited about that's going to even make it better. But really from the farmer side, um, and the shopper side, we just want it to be as easy as possible, right? We don't want mm-hmm. you to be up at midnight, upset at your, your farm software because yeah. you can't figure out how to run a report or whatever, manage your inventory or you know what you need to harvest tomorrow. We yeah. just want to make it as easy and clean as possible. So that's that's really the perspective we were working from. And we have an excellent team of engineers that have uh, really helped us as well. Yep. So obviously it's like a, a consumer can just download the app and then mm-hmm. just 
find the farm and shop from them. But That's also right. the other way is a farm can send their customers there. And uh, which I think is probably um, until we get market saturation is going to be probably the more common way for farmers to get sales. That's right. So you, most of the farms that are on grown by right now, the customers are coming to them because they're basically sending the uh, customers yeah. their link to their shop. So if you go to hardyroots.com right now, if you say buy a CSA share, we're taking you to grownby.app. You can use it on the web, or uh-huh. if you're, if you're cert- uh, going there from your mobile phone, we'll direct you to download uh, the app because the, the web, it doesn't work on the web on your phone right now. You have to use the app because it's a just much better experience. Um, yeah. So Yes, that's that's exactly the the case in the future. And the sort of amazing thing, if we could get enough farms on this app, is that and the and the goal here is that we'll be able to market together, right? So uh-huh. it's not going to be each one of us in our silos, <laughs> in our internet, yeah. you know, zones selling products. We can market together through Grownby. So. It will be the go-to app when a consumer is looking for grass-fed beef, you know, a side of beef or whatever it might be, or a CSA share or um, a, a loaf of local bread or milk. They'll be able to search for that product on Grown By and have a number of choices around them, can search by proximity, by the day that it is available. Uh, you'll be able to filter by uh, various uh, production methods and so on and be able to find the product. I mean, that in addition to wanting a company that I really trusted to hold this information and to hold this responsibility Uh for small uh, direct to consumer farmers, the other issue that this app effectively solves is that challenge of discoverability for the average consumer. It is still so challenging for most consumers, the vast majority of consumers to find local food if outside Uh of the farmer's market, right? So where we are in a more rural area, there's not a farmer's market for 30 minutes, right? It's a drive, but there's tons of farms around here. So to know what each of those farms have, it's it's actually hard for me. I have to call Farm yeah. and say, you know, do you have this this available? I mean, it's it's fine. I actually love that part of it, but I'm a farmer and I know that farmer and I just like yes. the opportunity to call them. But most busy parents or um whatnot are are not going to have the time necessarily to really make that extra effort. So we want to make yeah. it very easy for shoppers, whether they're going to a farmer's market to see what's going to be available, or if they're in a more rural spot like mine, to be able to know what various farms are offering so we can actually finally increase the market share for, for local food. Yeah, I remember one thing that Paul Arnold, who was my mentor, said. You know, if he said, if I go to the farmer's market and I don't have lettuce one week, someone's going to go to the grocery store and they won't come back to the farmer's market because right. it'd be like, are do they or do they not have mm-hmm. lettuce this week? Mm-hmm. So that was why how he taught me. You know, the the why it's so important to seed lettuce every single week. And you know, we yep. do forty two weeks out of the year we're seeding lettuce. But I think that that kind of relates, as you said right there, to people looking for local food is if they, they're not going to be bothered. They're the busy parent 
they can't be bothered to kind of go search and call the farmer. Um, they need to be able to look at their app and say, oh, okay, cool. Order, 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 you know, boom, I'm ready to pick it up. I so, can do that. I can go pick yeah. up at the market or just to have that certainty of what's going to be mm-hmm. there. It just removes another barrier from shopping local. Absolutely. Absolutely. This podcast is brought to you by Steward. Steward helps farmers fund their farm. Now, Dan Miller is here, CEO of Steward, and he's here to talk about should you fund your farm with debt or equity? So it's important to understand the difference between the two. You know, debt is a loan borrowed mm-hmm. normally from a bank, a credit union, uh, can be from private individuals, and equity is capital invested for ownership of the business. It actually owns shares or interests in the business. That's either cash and savings that you've put in, cash that uh, comes in from a family member. Often that's not formally structured, but it can go either way. Um, the benefit of equity is it doesn't have a required fixed stream of repayments. So with a loan, you have a schedule of repayments. You have to meet those repayments. Otherwise, you default the loan. You can uh, lose whatever you borrowed against for it. So it's important to have balance for both. I mean, farmers generally have limited savings, so they put up whatever they have, and then they need that next step. So oftentimes you can use grants as equity, but it's good to have a balance because if you're buying a piece of land, let's say, and you borrow 95% of the money for it, you know, it looks great. Yes, this is wonderful. I borrowed all the money I need for the land, but now you have a large loan with a lot of payments. And oftentimes it takes a while for the land to generate the funding it needs to meet that level of interest payment. You know, three years down the road, maybe it can, but not immediately. So bringing in equity is important. One of the real challenges for small to mid-sized farms is there is not a market for equity capital. You know, there's not, you know, private equity. There aren't funds, not that you'd even want to work with a fund, but they don't exist. There are some high net worth investors here and there, but structuring the deal is complicated. How do they get in? Um, One of the big problems is liquidity. Most farmers don't ever want to sell their farmer business. So how would that investor get out? Um, another challenge is is dividends. You know, most capital is reinvested in the business. So something that we've tried to figure out is what is the right type of equity to bring in to balance the borrowing and debt from farms. And, and that's something we're still trying to figure out because you do need it, particularly for farms that are scaling up, buying land, buying more assets. You know, they're taking that kind of like three to five years in, going to a few million dollars of revenue. You, you don't want to just do that all with debt. That's going to leave you with a lot of payments that, that are, are frightening. Um, so I, I think that the best place to go for equity is once you've shown viability with your farm and you have you know significant revenue, go into those people that have supported you for a long time and trying to put together a deal. The times that I've seen it work best is with uh, people that, that have been customers of the farm or people that are neighbors of the farm. And this is where what I was speaking about earlier in terms of Uh, having a lawyer to help set up a deal is really important because anyone who's investing equity is going to want some protections, a formal agreement, and the kind of informal, I'll loan you some money and pay back later. It doesn't work with equity. You have to be clearly defined ownership. And so a lot of what we're working on is how do we create the opportunity for people who are willing to invest long-term and provide that ownership funding? Uh, How do we give them a chance to come in? And I think it is going to come from a lot of those aligned kind of high net worth investors that that just believe in that farm, that want to see that yeah. succeed and know that they need to take that next step and, and they can't borrow everything to get there. Absolutely. So sum it up in two sentences, equity versus loan. Equity buys ownership 
of the business and it doesn't have a required set of repayments. Uh, loan is secured by the assets of the business. It has a fixed schedule of repayments. There's a tons of places to get loans and debt. There's very few places to get equity other than your own cash, which is limited yes. for most farmers. So it's often a theoretical challenge of, yes, I need some equity to borrow funds, but where do I get the equity? And that's the question that we always run into with farmers as well. Yes, of course, I would love to only borrow 70% and put up 30% of the money to buy something, but where do I get that from? And, that, and that's you know a structural challenge for this type of agriculture is not, not one place to go for that. There you go. All right. Thank you so much, Dan. Awesome. Thank you. So what's the what's next on the development uh, timeline? Right. So the idea is grown by right now, we're focused on uh, all online sales. So within that, we're thinking about shipping. There's a lot of interest in adding shipping for you know farms that don't necessarily have good um, market access, as well as home delivery. Uh, farms that have already created home delivery routes and sort of created that expectation in a consumer base around home delivery. That is also in the pipeline. We're very interested in adding EBT to Grownby uh, to be able to process EBT transactions online. A number of the farms that are already using Grownby have um, a good number of customers that are paying by the week with EBT and having to run those on a separate terminal Actually, off, offline payments right now, there is no charge for on GrownBuy, so they're able to use GrownBuy in that way, but we're going to uh, use this new USDA technology where we can process um, online EBT, so that's also in the pipeline. Oh, cool. And then beyond that, uh, we are looking to have a, uh, a point-of-sale system that will hook into GrownBuy, either through an integration with an existing point of sale or with our own grown by point of sale as looking to essentially integrate uh, inventory across channels. So that that's one of um, the challenges that we have faced at our farm is that we are essentially <laughs> managing many different farms in one, right? Mm -hmm. So we have our CSA customers. We have a farm store on site that uh, we use one POS system with. Uh, and then we have wholesale customers that generally we're just doing that sort of over the phone. So the idea is that at, at one um, some point in time in the future, we'll be able to have integration in those systems. So you can have your direct-to-consumer uh, customers in, in your database, your wholesale customers in your database, and then your um, in-person customers also um, hooking up to uh, your overall picture of your farm. So that's beneficial. You'll have a unified customer list. You'll have all of your financial information together, all of your inventory and product information together. So that's good for marketing and communications. That's good uh -huh. for your own analytics. You can have a, a QuickBooks integration that can save tons of time. So the, the goal is making our, our lives easier as farmers, like cutting down on all of uh, just this administrative work that takes up so much time and is such mm -hmm. a drain on our energy, right? We, we want to create systems where we can have the chaos of a direct-to-consumer farm, recognize that we're going to be selling across probably all of those channels for the rest of our career, but how can we take steps to make that easier so we can, you know, 
have have more more time to ourselves or more time to focus on on um, doing the the work that I think at least Ben and our crew love a lot more, which is actually being outside in the field and and focusing on on the crops. Yeah, why so many of us got into farming? Right, <laughs> exactly. I mean, yeah, if we were doing it for the admin, we would be doing something else. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. Yeah. Very cool. So, and are you bringing in any other partners for this? Like, I know you said you've gotten some 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 grant funding, that sort of thing. Are you, are you to, yeah. other other funding opportunities too? Right. So, in terms of organizational partners, we're going to be working with the National Young Farmers Coalition again, of course, as our you know the the organization mm-hmm. that made farm generations uh, and grown by possible. We're also, we've been working with uh, Grow NYC. They were really helpful, which is the major farmer's market um, organization in New York City. They were a partner um, with us uh, this past year to sort of give feedback on the app as it was in um, uh-huh. under development. And then we're looking to other community partners as, as well in, um, in this next season. Awesome. Awesome. And where should folks go if they want to sign up or they want to learn out more information? Yeah, they can go to grownby.app. So that's, that's the actual app uh, where you can sign up, you can claim your farm, get started. And if you want to learn more about the company, you can go to farmgenerations.coop. So that's the co-op site. It talks about uh, who we are, why why we took this project on. It has all of the pricing information, information on the co-op and so on. Everyone who, uh, every farmer who signs up and establishes um, a store and actually makes a sale is invited to join the co-op. So there's a little bit more information about there as well, that as well. Awesome, awesome. And uh, what else would you like to share with folks before we go? Well, we would love to hear your feedback. This is a project that is about the community. It is for the small farm community first and foremost. So I really encourage your listeners to take advantage of it. Download the app, go on grownby.app. It actually, for farmers, it works a lot better on your laptop um, or your desktop right now to, to do it on the web to, to get your farm set up. Um, Figure it out. Look, look, look uh, through the software. See what see what you think. Get us get a storefront set up and give us your feedback. We would love to engage with you. We need the farm community to really show up for this project uh, to make it work. And we're excited uh, to really build um, a dialogue with with farmers and work together to find success. I mean, that's, that's what cooperatives are all about. It is a company that is built for mutual benefit. And we're thrilled that direct to consumer farmers now have the opportunity to join a marketing cooperative together. Absolutely. Well, Lindsay, thank you so much for coming on today. And uh, thank you again for all your work over the past, uh, over a decade, because you have done a lot. Um, again, the, um, uh, farmers, uh, the work you've done there with the National Young Farmers Coalition and with other places has been really appreciated. And I remember actually 
um, doing the Young Farmers Conference at uh, Stone Barns. I, f- I forget what well, the first time I think I attended, I was speaking there, but hearing Ben, you know, just share very mm-hmm. eloquently about, uh, I think it was to one of the USDA guys who was there and, uh, uh, you know, just really great to, you know, both of you guys have really big voices in the, the, what the regenerative agricultural community and, and just working for small farms. So I really appreciate that. Um, that's, you know, a huge uh, encouragement that there are people out there looking to, to do that for small farms. So. Well, thank you, Michael. I think that that meeting was probably one of the first sort of organizing meetings of Young Farmers Coalition. So you've been part of it too. We appreciate, <laughs> we appreciate you know, you telling your story and, yeah. and uh, really engaging with farmers in the way that you, you have just, you know, this encouragement is so, so critical. It's great. Absolutely. Well, again, thank you, Lindsay. And uh, again, keep us updated as you go. And I'm really excited about the work you guys have done so far and looking forward to it growing in the future. Terrific. Thanks for having us on. So there you have it. Another episode in the books. So I'd love if you would hop on over to iTunes and leave us a rating and a review. Those mean everything to us. We love to hear what you're thinking. If you have a podcast guest that you can recommend, please pop on over to the Thriving Farmer podcast website and leave us a review. That's thrivingfarmerpodcast.com.